0: Welcome back to the Fueled and Well podcast. I'm Brittany, a registered dietitian, and I love helping women ditch dieting for good, tune back into their bodies, and feel confident in the health choices they make. Today, we are diving into navigating food and body comments, particularly from family, and because of when the episode's airing, we're gonna look at it a little bit more through a holiday-specific lens. If you've ever been pissed off, triggered, or food-shamed at the Thanksgiving dinner table and had no idea how to handle it, this is the episode for you. Let's get started. So before we jump into the steps, I just want to provide you with this little piece of perspective. There is no perfect way to navigate these situations. Whatever works best for You, your temperament, your relationship with the person you're responding to, and where you're at in your process with food and sharing that process with others, right? All of those factors are going to play into what feels the most comfortable, the most productive, the most attainable for you, okay? So please don't stress if some of these suggestions that I provide feel a little bit out of reach or just don't fully ring true for you, what I really want to provide you with in this episode is a large set of tools that you can then kind of whittle down to some of the most impactful or applicable ones based on your situation. So no perfect way to do this, but we are going to talk through the main considerations and the flow of how you might navigate, say, Thanksgiving meal, which that one can be tough, right? So first step, we want to prepare, especially if we have been in this situation before, been around these certain family members or noticed that this specific holiday tends to be tough. Let's like prep, not just get there and react and see what happens. So a couple of different things that you might find helpful in the lead up are doing something that makes you feel grounded, whether that's journaling, Getting outside, like getting some fresh air, going for a walk, calling a friend, maybe like looking back on, you know, taking a few minutes to reflect on the work you've been doing this past year and realizing how far you've come with food and body stuff. Whatever helps you to focus on things that are more important to you, more positive, or just get you out of your head leading up to this meal, that's probably going to help you go in with a stronger foundation, right? Than just sitting around all Thanksgiving morning, like, oh shit, I gotta see Aunt Susan and she's gonna say that thing that she always says about how my clothes look and ruminating and letting the anxiety build. I think when I role-played that even, like my heart rate started to go up. That's going to make it much harder for you in the moment, right, so whatever you can do to ground yourself the day before, the day of, whatever it is, that can be really great considering adjustments that you might want to make like strategically when you get there can be a really good way to prepare as well. So I'll give you a couple examples. Maybe you notice that when you drink past a certain amount, you are much more prone to letting comments really dig deep and get to you. You're more prone to like high emotional reactivity and that doesn't feel good to you. Maybe you have more negative self-talk if you drink too much. Like, If you know, say, that alcohol is going to potentially make this harder for you, maybe you just set a goal of curbing at a certain amount of drinks or maybe choosing not to drink if you're comfortable with that. Maybe you've got a favorite cousin or uncle or ally that you can say, hey, we're going to sit together at this meal when you first get there. Like, make sure you sit next to me so old Aunt Susie doesn't come over and talk about the mashed potatoes the whole time. I keep picking on Aunt Susan because I don't have an Aunt Susan, by the way. (laughs) And if you're listening, that's your name. My apologies. Maybe you keep some um, affirmations or reflections from that reflection you did about how much you've grown with food and body stuff. Like Maybe you keep that on your phone so that you can pull it out and pretend you're texting, but really you're just looking at that to remind yourself like, hey, I'm doing really well, and these people might give me a little bit of a run for my money at this meal, but like I'm still doing very well and I can remember that or affirm that for myself. Maybe you plan to get outside after the meal so you can get a little breather or focus on mindful eating or prep by thinking about what foods are you excited about and what things are you likely to pass on regardless of comments so that you've already had that talk with yourself going in. So that's a little bit of just like strategically how you might plan or adjust what you typically do at this meal to give yourself a little bit of a cushion. And then finally, make sure you eat as normally as you can, whatever normal eating looks like for you, leading up to this meal. Because if you say, for example, try to quote unquote save up all your calories for that Thanksgiving meal and you show up starving and hangry and excessively food focused, that meal is probably not going to feel great because you're going to be eating quickly, making rash decisions, probably eating past fullness and not actually experiencing much of the meal or the social aspects around the meal. So do something that makes you feel grounded, maybe plan some stuff going in that will be a more supportive strategy than how you normally go into these events and make sure you're eating and drinking normally. Okay, so that's prep Now, what about like in the moment, right? We're at the dinner table and here comes Aunt Susie's comment about, did you know how much sugar is in that pumpkin pie, right? You've got different options, as always, depending on how emotionally reactive you're feeling, what your dynamic is with the person who's making the comments, maybe like what kind of physical logistics kind of situation you're in, right? Somewhere you can or can't leave, whatever. And again, there's no perfect way to do this. But what I would say is, you've probably got kind of like three different types of responses or reactions that you can employ. So there's one, which is probably like the simplest, lowest stakes, least confrontational, which is to ignore, deflect, or remove yourself from the situation. So maybe before that meal, that looks like busying yourself with something the host needs help with, playing with your little nieces and nephews, pulling aside a specific family member to catch up with them. Versus standing around grazing while that aunt or uncle or cousin or grandma just talks shit on the carbs or the fats or the whatever at the table. Maybe during the meal, you simply excuse yourself from that specific conversation and start talking to someone else, or you change the subject with a very non-confrontational transition phase, right? Just oh, so-and-so, I forgot to ask, how's that new job, right? And then once the meal's over and you're like free to move about and you're not sitting there eating, kind of having to navigate the convo, you can always excuse yourself from the table, go on a walk, um, do some of the other things we talked about pre-meal. Also, you have full permission to just excuse yourself from the table during meal. But if you're uncomfortable with that, you've got those other things like deflecting, changing the subject. Bucket number two in terms of responses is, Brushing it off, using humor, addressing it, but keeping it very light. I often use this one. And so if someone says something like, oh man, you sure do like to eat, or I wonder where you put all that, or whatever it is, I just say, yeah, thanks. I totally do love to eat. Eating's the best. It's so fun. Like, I just, something silly, light, whatever feels true to like your personality or how you interact with. Those family members in general, right? And then finally, you can respond in a more direct, assertive manner if you feel safe doing that, Um, especially if you've shared some of your stuff with dieting or body image struggles before with family members. It can be very simple. What I would encourage you is if you do take this third bucket approach of being very direct, I would encourage you... Not to overexplain because you're highly unlikely to change someone's mind if they are fat phobic or obsessed with keto right now. It's unlikely that you're going to make them see it your way over the course of one meal together. And it's not your job to do that, right? Unless you want to. But I would say if you're just getting started with this stuff, I would keep it simple. Try not to overexplain or feel the need to excessively justify. So things like, hey, I don't appreciate you commenting on my food and body. Let's talk about something else. Or I'm trying really hard not to obsess about my body or sugar or insert whatever thing anymore. And this conversation really isn't helping. But I would love to hear about your new job or where you guys are going for Christmas this year. You always take the best vacations. Finally, another one that might work is I can tell that you are trying to help me with this suggestion, but I've gotten really good at listening to my body and I don't feel like I need the advice. Thanks though. You can see how, depending on your dynamic with this person, that is drawing a pretty clear line in the sand, but it's also not, you're not being rude and you're not opening it up for further conversation, which is typically the goal, right? Again, feel free to alter these, but those are kind of the three different approaches that I feel resonate for most people. Okay. So without much fanfare, hopefully we've gotten through that meal. What do you do about decompressing, right? Let's say You used one of these tactics that I've mentioned above. You've gotten through the meal, but like you're still feeling just a little more anxious, a little less comfortable in your body than normal, whatever it is, because sometimes these situations are hard, even if we do our best to handle them in the moment, right? One, you might want to go back to some of the grounding stuff that we talked about in the first step, the preparation step. So I won't repeat those all right, but you've got some options there. I would encourage you, especially if you feel like you ate past fullness or you weren't able to listen to your body well because you were just kind of dealing with surviving the conversation, I would highly encourage you to, like, take a shower or bath when you get home, change into comfy clothes that fit you well, and hydrate for the end of the night. Just small things that help you feel a little more comfortable in your body and help you to set yourself up to feel physically better tomorrow right so showering hydrating all that if you feel like you've got the bandwidth maybe reflecting a little bit on how that went if there's anything that like really struck a chord that okay i'm definitely going to need to work on that or bring that to therapy or whatever it is you don't have to do any of that work after if all you feel like you can do is take a shower and get in bed with a big glass of water that's okay right but if you have the bandwidth maybe you're like okay I can use this as a learning experience. And then a last note on the decompressing thing, if you really do struggle, especially if we're thinking about like this holiday example, right? If this time of the year is really hard for you because of all of the unpredictability with food, because of all these foods that maybe you're still a little nervous around, because there's so much opportunity for family members to talk about food and body with you, if this gives you a lot of anxiety, I would highly suggest Trying to get access to either a therapist or an intuitive eating RD so that you have somebody that you can speak to this stuff about without worrying about being judged and somebody who can help you navigate it better so that this anxiety doesn't turn into something more debilitating or heavier than it needs to be for you. So that would just be a little call out of like, if even listening to this episode or thinking about that next holiday meal with family is starting to activate you. If you have the resources, I would highly recommend trying to pull in some kind of provider who can help you navigate this. And if not, there are free and low cost ways to continue learning more. It can be a little bit harder to do on your own, but you can totally approach it that way too, if that's what's available. A couple of final thoughts before I leave you. So this took a long time for me to kind of accept and believe. And, and I know it may be hard sometimes to hear if you're still in the thick of it or you have really tough relationships with family when it comes to weight comments and body stuff and all that. But please hear me when I say that people's comments about how someone else chooses to eat look live their life, what they weigh, who they choose to love, whatever it is, not even just related to food and body, right? Those people's comments are a reflection of how they view the world and how they probably view themselves. Although they are projecting it on you and making it feel personal, a lot of times it's just shining a light on the shit they haven't confronted themselves. It does not genuinely mean anything about how you're supposed to live your life or whether or not you should feel bad about a choice you're making. It's all coming through their perspective and that's their own shit, right? And I know, again, that is really hard if you're struggling with body dysmorphia or if you're in a body that's less socially acceptable and you feel like the stigma with your family is just really heavy. But at the end of the day, that is still their fat phobia or their own bias it doesn't mean it's easy to take, but it does mean that you don't need to do anything differently just because they throw those things at you. Um, second take-home point is while I know that you're not always going to be safe to fully speak your mind or you may not be able to always physically remove yourself from The situation, you do get to to decide what you're going to tolerate from your family, right? How they deal with your response or with you setting boundaries is, again, their problem to work on or not. It's not your problem. And then lastly, as I've already mentioned, but I have to say it again, if this part of the year is significantly distressing to you, or maybe you're listening to this in February or may, but you notice that interacting with your family is really activating you around food and body, it derails your mental health, it sends you into crash dieting mode every time you see them, I would highly recommend you trying to find a way to pull in a therapist, an intuitive eating dietitian, or some kind of personalized resource, even if it's maybe not like individual treatment, because this stuff can be really hard to do alone, especially if you're at a certain level with it. If you found this helpful, please follow us on Instagram and TikTok. We spend a lot of time over there providing you with bite-sized, easy-to-apply tips like these, and seeing content around food and body that isn't super negative and nasty is likely to help you expand your perspective so that these interactions with family can get easier and easier. Links are in the show notes, and I will see you next week.